the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Episode 50, one away from episode... That means crazy. Is it possible the battle for 1600 has been going for nigh on a year? I think so. I think my arithmetic is almost sound, and we are delighted to be back with you. We are testing the bounds of technology today, because my co-host, Boris Epstein, former strategic advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, also former special assistant to the president... He is in ensconced in some faraway bunker. Looks very, for a bunker, it looks very nice, and it looks like he's coaching a football game. He's got his headset on. Welcome ten, to ten, ten. the battle for sixteen hundred, Boris. Hot on two three. We're going far out, Spike. <laughs> it's good. I like Sebastian, it. I like it. Looks Sebastian, good. Great to with you. Either I'm coaching a football game, or or, or I'm uh, at a telethon. <laughs> <laughs> Taking big donations, big donations, big donations to save big America. Dollars, big dollars. All right, we have so Great much. Great to be with you, my friend. And I think it has been a year. I think we started this beginning of January. So I think we're actually over a year due to some holidays, some COVID. And here we are. Here It's, it's a, such an honor to be doing this with you. I love it. The response has been overwhelming, and it's an absolute blast. It truly is, truly is. It's been a great, great experience. I love doing it. We had this crazy idea. Three hours of radio a day isn't enough. It's not enough to have you, the Baron, on our show every week. We're going to do an extra podcast because why not? politics has got crazy, and we have done it for almost a year. If you like it, write us a little review. Tell your buddies about the Battle for 1600. Spread the word. And please, as ever, just tell people there are sources of reliable information salem radio this podcast stick with the guys you can trust and follow us i'm sebastian gorka former strategist to president trump member of the national security education board seb gorka on twitter s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a check out our america first website sebgorka.com likewise uh, boris ep uh, on twitter also boris underscore epstein we're on, the underscore team. We're the underscore team. On Instagram, there's something about underscoring, but we are both underscored on Instagram. Check us out. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to start things a little bit differently. So, so don't be shocked if I start things differently. Uh, we, we have, we haven't got a formal sponsor for this podcast. So I'm going to ask you a question while I take my balance of nature. I'm going to take it on air as we speak because I've been late today. Oh my gosh. Where did it go? Okay. Um, usually we chat about cigars and we can do that as well. But I got a big question for you. So my my familial cigar buddy, my six foot six son, is coming up to his birthday this week, and I need some advice from you. Because single malts 
I know, are a thing you have researched deeply, deeply. Yes, a in, lot of research. In, in the highlands, the highlands of Scotland. But, and this is going to be maybe from left field, it's maybe going to be a little bit of a ringer question. My son likes a good single malt, but he also is intrigued by Japanese whiskies. Baron Boris, do you have any experience with, can you recommend, what is your take on our Asian friends and their malt whiskies? So here's what I'll say. I, Japanese whiskies can be good. Uh, Hibiki is a, is a nice brand. There's several Hibiki, of hang on, I'm making notes now. This is a serious question. Hibiki, okay. It's a nice brand, but for me, if I'm drinking cognac, I drink French cognac. If I'm drinking vodka, I drink Russian vodka. If I, you know, if I'm eating tiramisu, I eat Italian tiramisu, <laughs> right? Uh, and if I'm eating, and if it's goulash, uh, it, it better be Hungarian. If it's goulash, it's Hungarian. It's absolutely Hungarian. So if I'm doing scotch, I'm dr- I'm drinking uh, scotch from Scotland. I think it's the birthplace. They do. I've been there. I've been to Spice Side. I've been to Highlands. I've been to Lowlands. I've been to uh, Edinburgh. So for me, there's he actually nothing said like it right. That. He said it right. Edinburgh. What Edinburgh. is it with our American brothers saying Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Nope. Edinburgh. Right. So simple. <laughs> All it takes is a trip. All it takes is a trip. A trip and so, a couple of single malts. Oh, my goodness. A trip, a single malt, cigars, some Monty Twos under the sun, uh, ah. under, the, under, the, under the sun and the moon in uh, Craig Allocky, uh, Scotland, with my dad, one of my favorite memories. Also smoking cigars and drinking scotch on Rose Street in, in Edinburgh. So my recommendation, I actually picked up a great bottle uh, just yesterday. I smoked a cigar last night. I sat outside. Where I am, it's a little bit warm. It was windy last night, but very nice. I smoked outside. Uh, had a punch cigar, a, mm. a nice, a very nice. That's uh, a solid, cheap, solid smoke. Solid smoke. Uh, you know, a, a little bit on the heavier side. And I drank Aberlour sixteen double cask. Is that Aberlour's- your favorite? What, what are your favorites when it comes to single malt scotch? So I, I actually somewhat, some, somewhat differs by season for me. If I'm somewhere, wow! Look, it, look really, how sophisticated this guy is. <laughs> varies if, by season. What about phases of the moon? Uh, the moon and and, and <laughs> what's in what's is, out. Is, 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 is Venus in retrograde. Well, I'll have an Oban then. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, Leo's coming in. Um, uh, so if it's if I'm if I'm somewhere really warm, you don't want a heavy whiskey, right? right. So I'm if it's warm, I'm going Macallan Ten. Okay. On the flip side, if it's cold, I'm going Lagavulin Sixteen. Classic from right, uh, you know, which is from Islay. Heavy, a lot of peat. Peaty. Uh, that smoke, you know, smoky flavor. And if I'm somewhere in between, I really enjoy Aberlour. It's a smaller distillery right there in Spice. I've been there. It's on, you know, Spice, a small creek. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful distillery. And then I, one of my first loves in Scotch whiskey was Balvini, and it continues to be the Balvini 12 double cast, the Balvini uh, 14 Caribbean cask, and then you go to the 21s. They're great. And of course, you know, you've got the McCallans and the Glenlivet and Glenfiddichs. They're all great. Excuse me. But- can you just get to the point? My, I don't drink anymore. haven't for 17 years now since my parents passed. But the best. Come on. Bit of Glenmorangie. Cask strength. Glenn- port Glenn- cask. Glenn- it's classic. Glenn- 
great, great whiskey. They have one that has an orange flavor to it, which is really fun. So a lot of great whiskeys out there. If I had to pick one, if there was one whiskey that I had to drink, no matter what the season, no matter what time, no matter what the setting, I would probably go with Balvini. Interesting. Fascinating. Okay, he has educated me. I'm going to do a little bit of research on the uh, the Asian, the Japanese whiskeys. But w- whether it's just any aspect of fine life, the Baron can help us out. You're listening to the Battle for 1600. Lots of uh, very important stuff to discuss. Actually, I have a question. I don't know if Eric's listening. We had a couple of cuts from the show that I didn't use from Jen Saki. Do we have those available? Ooh. Uh, the woman with the funny hair who likes... A ru- I'll circle back on that. <laughs> I stay! Don't steal our thunder! Okay, exactly that. Let us play a couple of cuts just to get things rolling. Let's play cut for Jen. I like Soviet Ushanka's Saki. Play cuts. And last thing I just want to do before we get to your questions, um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. But... Ooh, somebody, I can't remember somebody who had to actually make a statement that, you know, conservative Twitter or left-wing Twitter is getting under my skin. Why is that? Why is that? Well, let's play a good example of why she had to say that. Jen Saki, again, video cut three. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, We will circle back with you and we'll we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Boris, I have to ask you, as a guy who's done a lot of media, worked on campaigns, worked in the White House, this administration, we've got a new article up, you guys can check it out on everybody in the cabinet. It's, 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 it's this weird cocktail of, of arrogant ideologues that really want to drive through transgender this, no borders that, and just real incompetent losers. I mean, seriously, that, that, that's the president's press spokesman. You know, I've had the honor of standing in that room when Sean Spicer was the press secretary. There's actually some pretty cool pictures that I really love. A, a friend of mine was watching, I think something on CNN, believe it or not, a retrospective on the Trump administration in the early days. I, I've been in that room, and, and honestly, I think it's, it's um, really disappointing I think it's disdainful of the position, and I think it portrays a lot of weakness about the United States to have somebody who's as unprepared, who's as maybe uninterested in in the realities of government, the key issues, someone who laughs at the Space Force, someone who doesn't know basic answers about the Keystone Pipeline, the 11,000 jobs lost, as as John Psaki is, she's truly... Truly disappointing. I, I actually expected more of her. She was. This is somebody who was a spokeswoman at state. Then she was comms director in the Obama White House. Then she was on CNN. And she usually had something to say. I disagree with everything. When she had something to say, she's just falling apart on there. She's. It's. It's really disgraceful to the position. Uh, and I hope she gets better. Honestly, for the, for the betterment of the United States, for our reputation around the world, I hope she gets better. But because believe believe you me. China, Russia, Iran, they're laughing. They're laughing because this is not how the United States needs to be portrayed. Yeah. You know, go, go back to 
you know, the, the press secretaries of the past on both on both sides, on both sides. You know, go, you know, D.D. Myers, Ari Fleischer, even Joe Lockhart. I can't stand Joe Lockhart <laughs> politically, but, you know, he held his own Dana Perino. And then and then look, look at the last administration. Look at the Trump administration. Sean, Sarah, Sarah. Kaylee. Yeah. Strong. Strong, and you know somebody's going to come up. Oh, you guys are, uh, you know, misogynistic, and you criticize. No, <laughs> listen to what I just said. Uh, Sarah and Meyer, Kaylee were Sarah amazing. Kaylee, Sarah Kay- and by the way, n- no credit ever given, of course. And now, oh, it's a woman press secretary, they, and then it's an all woman <laughs> senior comm staff, totally ignoring that that already happened in the Trump administration. So. I hope, as a communications professional, I hope Jen Psaki gets better. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen. She needs to take her job seriously. This is a serious job, especially when you have a total dithering gaffe machine in Joe Biden. Jen Psaki is the face of this administration. Hang on, hang on, I'm writing that down. I love that dithering gaffe machine. That's a good one. We might even use that as a title. Um, you, yeah. you mentioned state. Um, <laughs> you, what did you call yourself? A communications professional. I like that. Uh, your your uh, reaction as a communications professional to the fact that the deputy press spokesperson for the Biden State Department now is a woman who said a few years ago that the primary threat to America isn't ISIS, it isn't even Russian hackers. It is American police officers, Boris. Disgusting, but not surprising. This is who the Democrats are. Yeah. They are not in the mainstream of America. The Democrats don't resemble the Democrats of the 90s. And honestly, Joe Biden doesn't fit into this Democrat party. That's why he's got Kamala Harris with him everywhere he goes. You ever notice Joe Biden can't do anything alone? They won't let him alone on the stage. Won't let him alone in a room. Kamala Harris is everywhere. That didn't happen in the Trump-Pence organization. The president will, would have his meeting, the vice president has his meeting, and, so, and sometimes they would come together. Yeah, but, but, the, but the vice president would have his portfolio and be doing his stuff, you know, and, and then the, you know, now and again they'd come together. But you're right. It's so weird. I noticed this in the last 10 days that Kamala is always standing there in the room. She's always, always she's like floating in the background, she's Boris. Waiting. It's weird. She's always, she's like, it's like she's always there waiting, hoping. <laughs> Is today? Is it now? Bounce. Is this the minute? Come on, Joe! Come on! You know that. You know that's what's happening. That's what's happening. She's there thinking. She goes any minute now. Any minute now. You know. But in all seriousness, they are. It, look at look at the, the was it the deputy secretary of of health and human services, the 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 head of of healthcare in Pennsylvania, who was a disaster. Pulled her, pulled transgender with respect and, and pulled her mom out of. A hospital letting others against, die? Against her own regs and Pennsylvania's own regs. Oh, it's my mom. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. This is who the Democrats are. And, and they're appointing people who, who say disgusting things about Israel. I believe what the, 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 uh, the Secretary of the Interior is somebody who's been violently anti-Semitic. Talking about apartheid state and Jews are killing the Palestinians. Nonsense. Nonsense. Let's talk but about that. Is- Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the good news lately. Some colleagues of ours, buddies of ours, give us an update on uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. It is very exciting that President Trump has, of course, been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for the Abraham Accords. By three different, <laughs> three different politicians, I think, or four. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's up to four. There was an Estonian member of parliament just a few days ago 
for these historic Abraham Accords, something that, that has moved the world forward by a huge amount, truly gallops forward these accords between Israel, the United States, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, Morocco. They also cured the schism in the Middle East between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. All the achievements of President Trump and his team. And now my good friends, Jared Kushner, Avi Berkowitz, both nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by Alan Dershowitz, completely deservedly so. And I truly hope that the Nobel Peace Prize Committee, the, 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 the Nobel Committee, does the right thing and awards these peace prizes to, pres- to, the, to the team of President Trump, Jared Kushner, and Avi Berkowitz. Yeah, it, it, could do, it would do a great deal to bring some, uh, a little iota, a smattering of credibility back to the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, think about it. Nope. These are what? It was by the, by the end of the administration, it was four countries plus Israel, correct? I mean, that's just it amazing. Was- Absolutely. It was four it was four countries and it continues to thrive. You've got soccer teams from Israel and the UAE playing each other. Israeli ambassador head of mission is now in Morocco. So there's been an opening up of the Arab world and what it means strategically, it's so important as you know better than anybody, with your background in international affairs, national security, the turning of the Arab world toward Israel is a turning away from Iran. Yes. That's what's happening. That's how, and that's what makes the world safer. And vitally, that's what makes America safer. So I truly, I truly hope that the, the, the Nobel Peace Prize is awarded to President Trump and his team of Jared Kushner and Avi Berkowitz, good friends, but more importantly, great statesmen, great Americans, and, and people who've done so much for the world and who are not, did not play footsie with Iran, as right now, of course, the Biden administration is starting to do. Unless I'm wrong and something has happened in the last day, do you know which leader neither Joe Biden or Kamala Harris had spoken to as of yesterday? Um, Bibby? You got it. Are you serious? Time for Justin Trudeau. Oh, my. Time for... That's shocking. The, the, no the, time. the Israeli well, prime minister. The Israeli prime minister. Wow. And it tells you all you, it tells you, all you need well, to no, know. Well, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. What, what tells you all you need to know is within minutes, what was it, within minutes of the inauguration, the American ambassador's Twitter name is changed. The great David um, um, Friedman, David Friedman, as soon as he has has to leave, the the, the Biden administration changes the Twitter account to the American ambassador to Israel and Palestine and the West Bank. Oh my gosh! And then, and then it was such a storm, such a storm of excuse. What are you doing? There's no diplomatic relations of that ilk and that that strategic level, and I had to change it back in a few hours. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, we need to get David back on the show. David, David. And another thing that tells you everything you need to know is the fact that the China minutes after inauguration sanctioned Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, (laughs) Mike Pompeo, and other individuals. Even Bolton, even Bolton was sanctioned by communist China. I'm surprised you and me didn't get one. I know. We're not not trying hard enough, clearly. We have to try harder, you bunch of commies in Beijing. The Chinese Communist Party, which perpetrated the COVID-19 pandemic, the China virus, and there's a lot of debate. Was it released on purpose? Was it released by accident? But here's what we know for a fact. The Chinese Communist Party did nothing to stop the spread. They allowed the spread of the China virus. My, I think from what, everything I've read, and this is just my opinion, I believe they, that they were doing 
they were they were doing experiments on viruses and 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 vaccines, and a virus escaped from that lab in Wuhan. That's what I think happened. I'm not saying it definitely happened, but that's my perspective. And the Chinese covered it up. They did nothing to stop it. They they caused the deaths of now millions of people around the world, and they caused for President Trump, I believe, to not to to not be president right now. Now. I believe there was significant election fraud, significant voter fraud. But I also think if not for COVID, President Trump would have sailed to a huge, yeah. huge victory. And, and nothing that Democrats tried, no hanky-panky they tried, could have, could have succeeded. No, because just Democrats- look at the economy. Look at, look at the pre-COVID economy, what the president had done. The largest economy, not just in American history, in world history, because we got government off the backs of the American people, because it was America first, bring back the jobs, secure the border. If if the China virus hadn't hit, we would be in a Trump second term right now. And you might be busy. You might have been back in the administration, possibly. But ah, let's talk about the man who is now Mr. Donald Trump. Yesterday, they sent me from his new office. We love it. He has the office of the former president, well, Donald J. Fine. Trump. I... They sent me the first big... First, he had his endorsement of Sarah Huckabee for governor of Arkansas. First action of, of the, the former president. Amazing. So excited for Sarah. Uh, now we have the first statement from the president and his legal team on the impeachment trial, which begins in the Senate this Monday. An utter travesty. I read the key parts into the show live yesterday. We're posting it on our webpage. Everybody needs to read the president's response. It is first substantive big statement he's made since he left the White House. Go to sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com. But let me just, you know, you're you're a legal professional. You're a political uh, uh, expert, let me just read for the podcast the most important part of it's it's like twenty pages, but the first important the segment of the first answer to this impeachment travesty. Since the forty fifth president is no longer president, the clause shall be removed from office on impeachment is impossible for the Senate to accomplish, and thus the current proceeding before the Senate is void ab initio as a legal nullity that runs patently contrary to the plain language of the Constitution. I mean, enough said, right, Boris? I mean, that that's you know, game set and match just in that one sentence when the Constitution says that impeachment is about removing a sitting president. The fact that Chief Justice Roberts refuses to preside because it's not about a president, then this thing, is this thing dead in the water or is it still very dangerous? Well, it's dangerous in a way, in terms of public relations. They do not have the votes to to convict the president. It was 50-45 on whether to dismiss or not. So those who voted to dismiss now if they don't think the whole thing is constitutional they can't move uh, right so let's be clear here for those who missed it thanks to senator paul there was a vote on the constitutionality of trying to try a former president five republicans bailed of course you know who they are mitt romney sass the weak ones and the non-republicans but 45 45 gop senators said no this is unconstitutional and by the way you need 76 to convict. So technically... Wha- 60, 67. Sorry, 67. Why do I do that? I'm dyslexic in math. 67. So why, why, what is the real motive 
for the Democrats to do this because they know they can't convict him, Boris. It's a full-scale attack on the president, on his supporters, on the MAGA movement. That's what this is. This isn't about the law. This isn't about the Constitution. I actually think this issue should be in the front of the Supreme Court and being discussed as as something that's illegal. There should be a temporary restraining order against this trial. I firmly and, and fully believe that. So this isn't about the Constitution. It's not about trying to convict. It's about trying to convict the president in the eyes of the American public, convict the movement. And they're trying to erase President Trump from America, American political discourse, but it's not going to work. I thought the answer was good. I thought I, I would have liked to be, for it to be stronger on the election fraud uh, side. Okay, so this is my so, big question to you, okay? Because this is the big strategic, and I mean strategic question. Because right now, and of course, you know, there are numerous possible scenarios, but there are two big ones on how to play this or or how the president is being told he should play this. And I'm really curious on your take, given that you've served as a presidential appointee, you've worked on the campaign, and you are legally trained. Where did you go to school? Fancy school? Well, fancy enough, Georgetown undergrad and law. Georgetown, there you go. Okay, so two... Harvard. (laughs) Two possible... Good for you. uh, Two possible big plays. Number one... You go in there and you argue this uh, on the merits of that argument. This is unconstitutional. I'm not the president. You can't do this. Or you use it as an opportunity to, you know, you've got the platform, so we're going to show you all the election fraud evidence that the courts, the mainstream media, refuse to allow the American people to see. Right. To see. Oh, and one more. Here's an interesting one. This is the one I like. Because he's not going to get convicted, they just don't have the votes. Because the election fraud evidence uh, presentation could still be undermined in one shape or form by the rules of how this is being done if you look at the atrocity of the eight-hour impeachment in the House... How about this? How about using this as an opportunity to talk about, because there's only one article of impeachment. It's incitement to insurrection. It's encouraging violence. I love this idea, Boris. Use this to just play on a loop, to read into the record every single incitement to violence by the Democrats over the last 12 months. BLM, Antifa, it's all great. It's a street party, uh, you know, social justice, no justice, no peace. Use this to throw the charge back on the people who really have normalized really violence. Right. What, 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 what's your preference? Is it a combination? If you were whispering to the legal team right now, what would uh, the Baron's advice be? I've consistently thought that the defense should have three vectors to them. One, the first vector is the unconstitutionality of the process. Unconstitutional, unprecedented, a former president has never been tried in the Senate. And to your point, John Roberts said, no, I'm out of here. Now you've got Patrick Leahy. He's as partisan as they get. He's left of Mao Zedong. He's, he's, he's presiding over this sham trial. So that's one. Two, no incitement. The president said march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. And to your point, there you point out all of the incitement. Maxine Waters calling for Republican officials to be assaulted. Ayanna Presley calling for uprising. Nancy Pelosi calling for uprising. Eric Holder. 
Eric Holder, Kamala Harris, uh, calling for, for bailouts for, for those who were rioting and looting. So you put that in there. And the third, I think you have to push back on this notion that any claim of election fraud, voter fraud is a quote-unquote big lie. And the term of big lie is extremely troubling to me because that term, as you know from history, was coined by none other than the disgusting, murderous, worst person in the history of the world, Adolf Hitler. And he, Hitler claimed in Mein Kampf that the Jews perpetrated a quote-unquote big lie yeah. on, uh, in terms of the, uh, the First World, World War and why it was lost. Yeah. And uh, now the Democrats are saying that we Republicans, the MAGA movement, perpetrated a big lie, literally the same term. And they term, and they use it as a term, capitalized B, capitalized L. So that is extremely troubling. I've pointed it out. Claire McCaskill, Jake Tapper, on and on and on. Extreme, and Mitt Romney used it. So very, very, very disappointing that Americans, especially Jewish Americans. Yeah, Jake, like Tapper, Jake Tapper used it as well. Because isn't he Jewish? He is Jewish, and he thinks of he fathoms himself somehow the champion of the Jews, but yet never says or does anything that actually helps the Jewish wow. movement or the state of Israel. So wow. that's that's. So you want a three you want a three pronged strategy, three pronged strategy, three pronged attack, and then and you lay it all out there, and and that's so that's option one to me. Option two is you just say you know what, good night and good luck. We <laughs> deny everything. Here's a here's a five minute statement and we're out of here and you Democrats can can you know spin yourselves up all you want. I prefer option one. Option B could be interesting. It seems like we're a little bit in an option C from reading that answer. A little bit of all of the above. And, and you know the lawyers know what they're doing. Obviously they're very smart, very good. And and here's the thing. This is a free option. No matter what happens at this point, unless something completely unacceptable and unprecedented occurs, the 45 people who voted to dismiss, are, they cannot now flip and say, well, we're going to convict, okay? Right. So it's a free option. Let's go in there full speed. Let's go in there with a full attack. That's what I believe. That's But that's always my approach, and some, it's mostly steered me well to because I don't think that appeasement works. Yeah. And, and right now we are appeasing the Democrats. They're coming at us full Blow. Let's Blow. let's talk I mean, about that. Let's talk about that because we have two new guests to the show who've been great performers in terms of you know carrying forward the mantle of America First and the the, the MAGA effect, and that's uh, Marjorie Green uh, and um, Lauren Bobert, Colorado and Georgia. And in the last three days, Boris, I mean. They are like targets number one and number two of the mainstream media. There, there's a video now. I, 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 I don't really want to show it, but if you really want to watch it and find it, you can find it for yourself. There is a video from some, some kind of pack or whatever where they are literally, I'm not joking, literally saying that Lauren Bobert is an attempted murderer of Nancy Pelosi who helped people scout out Congress before the riot. I had Lauren Bobbitt on my show. She said, yeah, I took my family, my family on a trip to see my new workplace. Now she's being called a murderer or an attempted murderer. What is going on, Boris? Very, something very interesting is happening. Now, you know, the, the issue with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I, you know, I've dealt with Congresswoman Green. I'm Jewish. I've never sensed any ounce of anti-Semitism from her. It does seem that she's posted some things on the Internet in the past, said some things that are controversial, and those things are wrong, and there's no place for them. Full stop. Okay? Full stop. Lauren Bobbitt, to me, I, unless I'm missing something, seems to just 
to be a congressman from Colorado who has strong views on the Second Amendment. That's that is the, in the United States Constitution. Okay, I for for media matters watching, I completely de- renounce and denounce all hate. All anti-Semitism. As, as, a, as a Jewish person who escaped post-Soviet Russia. Exactly. I have family died, died in the Holocaust. I, I am not an anti-Semite. I completely denounce all hate. Okay? Full stop. Now, here's my question, though. If there's going to be all this all this upheaval about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bobbitt, what what are we going to do? And I know this is what about it, but what are we going to do about Alain Omar, who's anti-Semitic, Says in testimony things, says Jews hypnotize the world. It's all about the Benjamins. And then what about Rashida Tlaib, who's also anti Semitic? No, no, not only that, it's not just Rashida, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar with their anti Semitic tweets. It's also AOC. I mean, AOC to this day, Alexander Ocasio Cortez, the third member of the, 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 you know, the, um, so called squad. I call right. it the, the Democrat riders of the apocalypse. This woman to this day is a proud supporter, Boris, of the anti Semitic BDS movement, the boycott, divestment, sanction Israel movement. This is, this is endemic inside. The party, what, about the Jim, Democrat. what about Jim Clyburn, who's minimized the Holocaust, who's, who literally is the person who resurrected Joe Biden's campaign? So it, uh, here's what I want. I want a standard that is uniform. But we know that's not how the Democrats play. The Democrats close ranks around one another, and then they attack. And the Republicans sort of play weak. And they say, so, oh, my goodness, how could we do this? Oh, my so God. So what's the response? Because we're seeing some people, some people who are friends of this show – I saw a list today. I have to verify it. It was on social media. But I've seen some congressmen who are signing up with the Democrats to do something against Green and Bobbitt and some kind of sensual motion or something. Boris, when are we going to play as tough as they do? And I don't mean dirty tactics. I mean, you know, we're, we're still Americans. Who, ranks. When, when are we going to fight hard, play hardball? I agree with you. I think you know, the Democrats practice something called YOLO. You only live once. That's what they do. Okay? The Democrats come in and they say, you know what? Nah, doesn't matter. This is one of our people. And by the way, you're a racist. And by the way, you're a misogynist for saying something bad about Ilana Moore, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, and racist for sitting, uh, saying something bad about Jim Clyburn. But we're going to attack these two, two, two young women, congresswomen, and we are going to try to destroy them, and you have nothing to say about it. And then the Democrats go around offering weak deals, that, like, you know, as was done by Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy. I think it was with respect to the Majority Leader. It was a mistake. There's no reason to offer the Democrats a deal unless you know they're going hey, to explain, take it. Go, go into that a little bit more for those who aren't familiar with it. So t- t- explain that. The Republicans in Congress and in the House offered the Democrats and said, let's take Marjorie Taylor Greene off just one committee. Right. And whatever, right? This is all inside baseball. None of this is going to save the jobs of 11,000 people whose jobs were yanked out from under them by the Keystone Pipeline being canceled. It's, it's, it's DC moving, you know, moving the chairs around, okay? But then the Democrats say no. So what, we as Republicans are looking weak because we offered a deal. They said no. And what's next? Yeah, we need. Yes, we need. Here's here's one thing you cannot take away from Nancy Pelosi. Okay, she is tough. Okay, she's tough. She crazy, but crazy, but tough. Sure. Sunday morning. <laughs> happy, you know, hello. Sunday morning. Hello. You know, but tough. She doesn't budge. She's. You know what? You know what she's like. You, you, you ever watch the the movie Goodfellas? Long time ago. Oh, where is he? We have a frozen Boris. Unfreeze him now. 
Get that unfreeze ray in the middle of a movie reference. All right. Did I, oh, I got oh, you. I got you're you. back. You're back. Okay. <laughs> good fellas. Carry on. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah. Remember in the movie, there's a scene where, where he's describing the guy's business, and, and he's like, well, my business burned down. F you, pay me. I don't have the money. F you, pay me. Right? <laughs> That's not I, I got, you know, I got nothing to give you. F you, pay me. Right. Hardball. Hardball all the way. So listen, um, I heard something. How are people going to look at us at our fan country club? Yeah. I think I think we're still breaking in and out. Should we should we try and reestablish connection, Boris? I'm good. I'm good on my end. Okay, let's continue. Here's something I want to share with you, and it kind of goes. It, it connects Marjorie Taylor Greene, the attacks on her and Lauren Bobbitt, to the uh, impeachment trial on Monday. I was listening. I caught one of my colleagues this morning. I managed to tune into Mike Gallagher's show in Salem. He has the nine to twelve uh, slot. And he said, think, think about what they're really trying to do. Because the, the, the only effective thing they're trying to do, because he's left office, is to bar Donald Trump from running in 2024. Think about what that means. I mean, just dissect it for a second. They want to prevent the American people from choosing Donald Trump again, should they wish to. And that, I mean, that is a fascinating way of getting insight into the way the Democrats think that the will of the people is what should be sabotaged. Well, hold on, Sebastian. Stop right there. Are you telling me that far-left communists, far-left liberals, 1984-style demagogues do not believe in the U.S. Constitution and American freedoms? (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. How could they... Yeah, this is what we do. This this is what we have in this country now. That's why I say this is not your Bill Clinton Democrats. This is not your Tip O'Neill Democrats. These are not even your Barack Obama Democrats. Yeah, no, this is you know, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to admit to saying this ever that I might miss Obama, but you know, the big difference is Obama was lazy. I mean, he was lazy as sin. You look at eight years in office, and what did he do? A disastrous JCPOA Iran deal that we cut, you know, we s- broke up as soon as we could. And then Obamacare. I mean, eight year, if, if you're a radical crazy, it's not a good batting average, is it, Boris? No, 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 no. You know, Barack Obama came in. She was viewed as an ideologue. Uh, and, and, and I think a lot of liberals were very disappointed in him, uh, especially those who believe in, the, in not killing people from drones and not starting wars, by the way. Yeah. Right. Because, hey, you know, the, the, he really liked that button, the drone button. He loved it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, so uh, if you if, if you see what's happening now, it is a complete radicalization of the left, radicalization of the Democrat Party. And you know what? If they are trigger happy because they apparently got 80 million votes for Joe Biden, even though he got six people to show up at a rally. Okay, fine. Maybe they believe that. That ain't happening again. Okay, that ain't happening again. The the, the mail balloting bonanza is, is going to be put to an end. And if they want to continue to marginalize themselves as the Democrats, they want to continue to make themselves into the American version of the Chinese Communist Party, sure, go ahead and try. But the American people are going to continue to reject that. And if you look at what happened in the House races, look at what happened in the state 
state houses. That is that is the effect it's having on the the, the Democrat Party, and you know they are becoming a a minority party. And yes, I know they just won the presidency, and I know the Senate's fifty fifty. But you know what? This was an outlier year, outlier election. A lot of voter fraud, a lot of election fraud, unconstitutional voting that violated Article Two because rules were changed not by state legislatures. Twenty twenty two is everybody's already accepting the Democrats are going to lose in twenty twenty two in the House. And then if you lose that, then it's on. You know, then it's on to 2024. But for that to occur, we as Republicans have to be strong. We have to have a tough spine and not back down against the triumvirate, the troika of Democrats, media, and big tech. Yeah. No, that's it. I, that's perfect. The troika of Democrats, the media, and big tech. We could dedicate a whole podcast to that. We're out of time. I have a, I have a, a suggestion for you. Next week, with the trial starting on Monday, we should have an earlier podcast, don't you think? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. It's going to be super Let's important. Should I not shave until the trial is over? What do you think? I don't know. I, I can't ask Shad because he's there stroking his beard. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Grow it out. Grow it out till Monday. Then we'll ask the listeners to Double decide. We'll ask the listeners. Yeah. All right. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is the Battle for 1600 podcast, episode 49, with my co-host Boris Epstein. Follow us, Boris EP on Twitter, Boris underscore Epstein on Instagram, my webpage, sebgorka.com, Seb Gorka on Twitter, Sebastian underscore Gorka on Instagram. Tell your friends, subscribe, write us a review. We will be back with a blow-by-blow reaction to the second impeachment trial of the 45th president of the United States. Last thoughts, Boris. Sebastian, thanks so much. Great to be with you. My thoughts are this. To the MAGA movement, the Republican movement, the Trump movement, stay optimistic, stay strong, and to Republicans as a whole, do not bend, do not cower. We have to stand up for what we believe in, which is America, the Constitution, our freedoms, our, our beautiful country. If we cower to the left, We are going to be defeated. Appeasement has never worked. Stay strong. God bless. Never, never surrender to the mob. Wonderful words. God bless you all. See you next time.